This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I am sitting in my home with a great comedian, a great improviser, a singer, a dancer, all of these nouns and verbs, Lauren Pritchard. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for coming and doing this. Thank you for describing me so uh, so full of talent. That sounded awesome. <laughs> it really did sound like you're very, very much like old time entertainer. Yes, you're the best hype man ever. I'm basically <laughs> Shirley Temple now. That's awesome. With today's Judy Garland, <laughs> Lauren Pr- But it's true, you do do all of these things, right? I'll miss you Mr. most of all, Mr. Scrimshaw. <laughs> That's my best duty girl right now. I do all those things, yes. Do you think of yourself as one particular thing? Um, I think I would I would have to say improviser because I've been doing that the majority of my life. I yeah. started that when I was 14 years old, and that's like three years ago. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I started as a ballet dancer when I was two, and so I've just been performing and singing and dancing my whole life, but then improvising has been my job since 91. Okay, and if, even if it wasn't your job, would that be the thing that you want to do? If like somebody just came to you with a platter of entertainment options and my, said, you can do oh boy, any of these. Anything. My main life goal, like if I get hit by a truck tomorrow, my first regret is not being the lead of a network sitcom. Like okay. being a lead of a network sitcom is my life goal because that was like my Lucille Ball view or yeah. even Carabinet view of like that's what success is. So yeah. that's my, my goal. But anything along the way is awesome. Okay. As long as I'm making people happy for a living, I'm thrilled. <laughs> Would you want to do an improvised sitcom, or do you think that just doesn't make sense? That does not. Work? I think it, I think it makes sense, and I think it would be delightful, especially with a uh, appropriate cast. I yeah. think it scares the heck out of networks, <laughs> understandably uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> but shows like The Office uh, have kind of led itself to that direction where things oh, yeah. are loosely scripted, and and then. Uh, um, the cast improvises. I worked on the show Parenthood and oh, cool. Lauren Graham on the way to set. I probably shouldn't even say this out loud, but I will. She was like, we're given a script. We loosely follow it. And then the writers get Emmys. <laughs> I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> and that's why the show sounded so conversational because they yeah. kind of, they, they know what the scene is and they improvise around those lines, yeah. which is so cool. So the, the thing that I auditioned with and the thing that I actually shot were so different from each other, which I thought was so exciting as an improviser, but also scared me because I was like, as an improviser, I'm going to go with just yes and and that yeah. might go so far away from the original script so we have to stick to the script at least a little yeah, so, yeah. i would say yes and to lauren graham <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> she's amazing this. yes 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 graham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of sense because i feel like a lot of times in my writing because i've written so much i get a little bit of separation between like structure mm-hmm. and jokes so to be yeah. able to go through a sitcom and just say and here's the part where jim looks at the camera and says any one of the funny lines here's just a joke hole exactly. that can be filled later oh my god yeah. Exactly. And I think a lot more of the sitcoms, a lot more of the, uh, you know, long form uh, comedies or even HBO shows are, you can feel they're improvised because those guys are all improvisers that started yeah. all the shows. And you can feel that that was definitely, you know, a line that they let us keep. And most <laughs> of the shows I've ever done now, there's always been a, a Lauren line thrown in there. I was even on the show True Blood, which was not a comedy. No. But I got to say a funny line that made it all the way to the end that was completely improvised. I was just trying to make the other actors laugh after they yelled cut. And it got kept in the script, which is amazing. <laughs> which season of True Blood is uh, it? I was in... Um, Two and three okay. and four, one episode of four. Um, but it was the season two um, finale episode okay. where I said that I would wear uh, Sam Rolot like a scrunchie, which I don't even know what that means. I was like, mm, I'd wear him like a scrunchie, which doesn't even make sense. I don't even know what part of my body I was referring to, 
but it seemed to make the writers laugh. That was awesome. That uh, that makes me very happy because I have seen that and I didn't know it was you. <laughs> that was me. I watched True Blood season two a long time ago, oh and I'm God. sure I laughed at the scrunchy line and didn't even know. I sure hope so. <laughs> so uh, I emailed you, like I do yes. all my guests, and say, "Hey, what are you obsessed with?" And you gave me a nice long juicy list, huge list. And I was like, apocalypse or comedy? <laughs> like, I just like them all. And I would have grabbed that, but for some reason, right now in our political climate, apocalypses mm. keep coming up on the podcast. It's too soon, yeah. So I decided to go with something a little happier sometimes, which is musicals. Musicals. Yeah, so can you tell me, like, when you were a kid, you mm-hmm. were obviously you were dancing very young, but that's yes. ballet. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily musicals. Yes. But what first got you hooked on musicals? What was the first moment where you're like, I like this? Well, I've been obsessed with musicals, again, as early as I can remember. The one that probably um, short-circuited my brain and rewired me <laughs> as a human uh, probably goes into every girl in my age range was the 1981 Eileen Quinn Annie. And Eileen Quinn apparently lives in town, and I could probably meet her at any point in my life, which freaks me out because I'm obsessed. Um, that Annie completely changed my life. Is she the actor who played Annie? Yes, she played the 1981 um, version of Annie in the movie. Uh, and Would it you was, recognize her? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. She's in a, like a, a cool rockabilly Western band right now. Oh, cool. That tours around the area, which is really okay. cool. But um, yeah, she uh, she was just so precocious and adorable, and the, it holds up, and it's probably the least annoying Annie out there. Not that they're <laughs> annoying, but you know, as an adult, when you watch a bunch of kids sing after a while, like, all right, I get it. But that one holds up. It's, she's so full of heart, and Carol, I mean, Carol Burnett, Tim Curry, it's the entire cast is beautiful. Yeah. And so well cast. It's It follows the perfect formula of the hero's journey, which is what I like in my musicals the most. Okay. That clean cut, perfect hero's journey. I mean, it follows it to a T. And so whenever I teach improvised musicals to people, I always go back to that as my sample. Oh, okay. Because I think it's really easy to watch and really easy to understand. And it shows exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. I love it. When you saw it as a kid, did you relate to it? is in I want to be Annie or did you see the reality that an actor is playing that and say I want to play Annie oh my god well I definitely wanted to be Annie so much that I would sing maybe over and over again from my window and my seven family members I lived with would pop in and go like you know that means she's an orphan right you jerk <laughs> you've got five siblings you loser so um she'd be like we have a very well intact my sister would be like you have a mother and father who love you stop praying for a time when you can be an orphan please <laughs> but i i just loved the idea of her hope of a better life that she could escape this life and find a better one and it was so clear-cut and i yeah i thought that the way she dazzled the audience and was just so charming right away i was like wow i could do that as a little kid because she's almost my age i can do that yeah and i was so inspired and carolinette too being hilarious even as a bad bad character yeah i thought was so inspiring but yeah that was the first moment that i thought could i do that? Could I go to the big place they make movies and do that? Yeah. So that completely changed my life. And I became so obsessed with Annie that I literally had everything Annie, like little kids have with Frozen today. Yeah. Um, to the point where my mom bought me an Annie sheet set with little like pillowcases. <laughs> and I filled all the pillowcase, the, the both pillowcases with all the Annie merchandise and kept them on me because I was so afraid of like a house fire and I'd lose it all. So I would just walk around carrying all the merchandise in these sacks. Was there any reason or experience that you had to be particularly afraid of fire? Or my, was that... My mom set the kitchen on fire with the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> and I dreamt about a volcano going off once and taking her house, though I lived in Minot, North Dakota at the time. <laughs> so I just wasn't sure. I just was unsure of the safety of our house and wanted to make sure I had my grab-and-go grab, grab and go Annie bag. Yeah. So. 
So you would sing Annie songs. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the song Maybe. I only know Tomorrow. Uh, maybe is the want song. You'd call it the want yeah. song, which is the uh, the hero right at the top of every um, musical sings what they want. And it yeah. um, takes you away from the ordinary life that they have onto a better life. So it's um, Maybe in Annie. And she literally sings Maybe Far Away, Maybe Run by, And she's talking about Maybe that My Parents Are Out There. And um, um, <laughs> they're out there somewhere. <laughs> so when you um, were singing it, it, done, it sounded like these aren't my real parents. These are my real parents. I cannot belong to this family. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. Uh, and then in like, um, you know, Wizard of Oz, it's Somewhere Over the Rainbow. In A Little Mermaid, it's, you know, her part of your world. So it's, yeah. it's always that clear cut thing right at the top of the musical that lets the whole audience know I'm the hero and this is what I want. Okay. And so the end of the musical will either end in a happy way where I get that want or end in a sad way where I don't get that want. Okay. And it's a tragedy. So, yeah. And it sets the whole thing in motion. As long as everybody is following that narrative all the way, yeah. you've got a great musical. Whenever it strays from that narrative, it falls apart. Okay. Narrative. Oh, that's really, I haven't really thought of musicals being such a great narrative guide. Yeah. It's, but I'm it's thinking so of great. all these other moments that like, oh, that's not a musical, but that's their want moment. Mm-hmm, exactly. Like, you know, Luke Skywalker staring at the twin sons. He should sing there. Mm-hmm, he totally <laughs> should because he's dreaming of a better life. Yeah. yeah I mean, exactly. he basically is Annie. Yeah. It's exactly Annie. That follows the hero's journey perfectly. So does Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, my God. Harry Potter follows it perfectly. That they could all be musicals so easily. That's really cool. Yeah. So you got hooked by Annie mm-hmm. uh, in the desire to keep all of your anything safe, yes. <laughs> not be burnt in a mother-created fire, yes. understandably so. <laughs> Uh, did you ever fall out of love of, of musicals or did you continue well, to like them like in difficult like teen years when other people are judging what you like? Did you still like musicals? I've always loved musicals and I've gone through phases where I've kind of fallen out of um, not love with musicals, but out of fashion with them. Like okay. I, when I became really immersed in improv, I kind of. Uh, started falling away from musicals a little bit, so I lost track of what musicals were cool and hip. Okay. But I've always loved them. Uh, I will say Annie didn't love me because my goal <laughs> in life was to be freaking Annie, and yeah. I knew I could do it because I looked like her. I had like the little freckles and the little little. I had the perm and everything. Yeah. And I had, uh, slightly reddish hair. And um, I auditioned for every Annie that came through town, but I was nowhere near adorable enough. And I also didn't have stage parents. Like my mom put me in dancing, but that was okay. as far as her knowledge of how to put a kid in a musical. How to reached. be like. A stage mom, yeah. Right. So uh, all these other kids that would show up had, you know, years of professional training, and they didn't just sing with a record in the basement, and they um they had headshots, and I had a picture of me in my bathing suit holding <laughs> onto an orange in the front yard for some reason, and looking at it now, it's creepy that it was even out there. I don't know why. My, my mom was a model growing up, so she's like, we'll just put you in a bathing suit and hold an orange in an orange tree, and boom, that's your headshot. And it's from really far away, and I look kind of uncomfortable, and that was just my headshot. And, so you just look like a lost child. Yeah. Like, this would be a poster that would go up if you were actually missing. <laughs> I was a kidnapped victim at that point, yes. <laughs> and my mom would just kind of handwrite the resume and oh. you know, kind of name a few of the local things I had done. Yeah. When these other kids were like, she was the craft ch- cheese child. And I was like, I was in my school's production of How the West Was Really Won. <laughs> and I'd also get really nervous because I didn't have the confidence of these stage kids. They were yeah. bred for entertainment. And I was just like, I just love Annie. So I would get really scared. I would nail it in the car on the way. And then the second I got in that room, I would get really Soft and quiet, be like, baby, <laughs> and they make a little louder, please. And I would just start to cry. So, um, every audition ended up with me in the back seat, bawling my eyes out. My mom going, "We just need to find a different thing for you to do." And I was just like, "No, oh, no." Yeah. And uh, it it happened until I was finally. 13 years old, and I had a callback for Annie. I was getting a little Ooh. too tall. I had a final callback for her. I didn't make it, and I thought, for sure, they'll offer me chorus. And this is for an equity production of it in Florida. And it was. A, and you're 13. 
Yeah, I was being so, paid. So that's pretty yeah. professional at 13 to be, oh, yeah, yeah, you're in equity, yeah. You totally. And I was still kind of, I was a short 13. Maybe I was 12 going on 13. And uh, I didn't make it. And then they didn't even give me orphan. And their reason was, well, we didn't want anyone who's gotten so close to Annie to be an orphan and have like ill will towards the Annie in the cast. <laughs> we you don't know? want a bunch of angry, <laughs> yes. pissed off Annies in the background. Yeah, at 12 years old, <laughs> girls can be evil. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, so I didn't get anything. So once again, I was like, I yes, I'm not good enough. And so, and I think I was always more precocious and, um, and funny than I was a, a singer like those kids, those pipes. Yeah. You know, I think I was an actor who could sing and a, a dancer who could sing, but I wasn't a singer like okay. those kids. Those kids were just, you know, trained to sing. And right. I was just, I had a cute little voice and that was about it. Mm. I wasn't Annie. Now that you are uh, older than 13. Yes. And <laughs> just barely. <laughs> just barely. Just a couple of years. And you have a lot of like theater experience. You could put on a production of Annie where you just I played probably. Annie, right? <laughs> I would love to do an adult Annie. I have been Annie for uh, Halloween. There's been some funny Annie versions of adult okay. versions out there. But um, I guess now my hope would be to be Miss Hannigan. I think I could nail a Miss Hannigan now in the future. But the weird, the way my brain works, I thought, okay, well, now I have to kind of rest the theater thing for a while. I'm still in equity, but I'm going to kind of rest it. In my fantasy life, here's what, I'm going to follow the Lauren Graham track. Okay. Where I'm going to land on a sitcom, become a star, and then I can do any production of anything because Broadway <laughs> will be knocking on the door. <laughs> That's right. That's my goal. Meanwhile, I'm just getting older and sad. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, because you're not when, alone there. <laughs> but when you're famous, you could kind of do the musicals you want to do, and you, yeah. you can't select it. And you, you you're in a smaller, uh, you know, uh, audition category at that point because they're like, oh, we know who you are. Instead of again being that girl in the backseat of my mom's car, bawling my eyes out, <laughs> yeah. not quite good enough or cute enough. Yeah, you're not just like orange in the yard girl anymore. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, do you have favorite musicals? Like Annie is obviously a, like a pretty. Uh, Perfect musical because it's a movie musical, it's a Broadway musical, it's a small musical that gets produced regionally. Mm-hmm. But when I was thinking about musicals, I was like, "Wow, that's those are big differences between movie musicals and yeah. Broadway musicals." Do you have a favorite kind of musical when you think of musicals? Is it like I love seeing Singing in the Rain or Cats right. or I I do love the classic American musicals. Like I okay. You know, Annie kind of falls into that category. And I think Thoroughly Modern Millie was kind of the one of the last of that exact kind of genre of like, it's a classic American musical. I love those. I love Guys and Dolls. I love the old school musicals. I loved, again, because of where I was in my life at the time, Phantom of the Opera I thought was so exciting because it kind of changed the way we listen to musicals. Andrew Lloyd Webber, it was, you know, now we're we're doing an opera musical, which is so exciting and educating to the audience. Um, But yeah. If I had to say favorite, I still would probably go with Annie. But there's so, I mean, there's so many different reasons to love so many different kinds. It's kind of like saying, yeah, it's it's like saying favorite movie. It's like, well, what genre? Yeah. Um, there's there's some really cool '90s sci-fi musicals I loved. Uh, one is um, there's one that's called um, uh, Weird Romance, uh, which is a uh, a sci-fi musical in two two acts. Is that on Broadway or is that like a it smaller off, regional off, thing? Off okay. Yeah, and it was. Um, it's a really, really cool musical. First first half is about um, building the perfect woman. So it's perfect for this day and age. It's almost like yeah. a Black Mirror episode of like, we built the perfect <laughs> woman robot, but her her attitude is terrible. So we're going to murder a homeless woman and give her that, that personality. So she's got the humble, sweet personality of a homeless woman, but looks like this beautiful Angela Jolie <laughs> type person. Uh, and then the second act musical is about a guy who accidentally like brings a little hologram to life. And um, the scientist is studying this hologram. And as as a hologram gets older and older, it's a woman and he falls in love with her via hologram. But meanwhile, he's got a wife at home that's yeah. like, what are you doing with your project? He's like, I can't explain it. I'm falling in love with this hologram that came to life. And rah. and it's so interesting and exciting and star-crossed lovers. And it's just, but it's such a dorky sci-fi thing. So yeah. anytime you can find sci-fi and, and musical, I get so excited. Yeah, well, that's so. really cool. Um, I wanted to ask you about the general idea of bursting into songs because like that's yes obviously most musicals are about that's you know when they're structured topic. correctly 
the singing comes when the character can't possibly express it in any other way, right? Yes. The emotion is so yeah. strong. And I think that's why people had difficulty with La La Land. Personally, I love La La Land, but for different reasons. Okay, I was going to ask you about the strong feelings about La La Land. Such strong feelings, and (laughs) I will cover that later if you want. But that is the main thing that I always try to express express myself (laughs) when uh, teaching about improv musicals, is that you should only sing when you're so overwhelmed by that feeling. And we've all been there before where you're so in love or you're so angry or you're so sad that you literally, people could go, what are you thinking right now? And you're like, I can't quite put it into words. Okay, I call, yeah. I call it Rubik's brain where your brain can't connect the <laughs> sentence well enough but you feel all these feelings it's, so It's I can't even. I can't like, even, yeah. like sincere and real, yeah. yeah. and you're overwhelmed and you feel like this bubble's about to cry out of your chest and all, so that's where the singing comes in and you shouldn't sing narrative or narrative stuff at that point. Okay. If you're singing narration and, and story it's going to get lost on the audience. They just want to hear a hook and a song and they want to feel the feelings. Right. And they want to they want to connect to you and you should be able to pull that song out and put it in any musical and have someone feel it in that moment okay. or someone could connect to that song and go like that's exactly how I felt before and if it's like I'm working on the train and the train's gonna put together and get to Omaha that's not as a connecting <laughs> emotional feeling as I hope I make it in my job I right. only wanted to succeed at one thing in my life then every human in the world can go I, I totally have felt that way before Yeah. so <laughs> that's why there's love songs that's why those those songs of hope those songs of alienation that's always when the character sings because they just want something so badly yeah. that they have to sing about it do you have been a, a fan of musicals do you have moments in your life where you're cognizant of i would like to be able to sing this now <laughs> yes i do actually and um uh i feel like it's that moment when you are like your throat actually hurts yeah you're either so angry happy or sad and you feel that feeling but you an animal would probably just go like just make a noise <laughs> but we just stuff it way down it becomes cancer <laughs> or alcoholism <laughs> that feeling or, or you like when you're walking through a field and you suddenly want to run and jump but you don't because that would be crazy yeah. so you just go like i'm gonna tamp those feelings of happiness way down that feeling i think is what our song is okay um yeah and i my old roommate and i used to have this theory that whenever you have a song stuck in your brain if you stop and listen to the lyrics of the song for a second it's probably what you're feeling but you didn't even notice it oh yeah i mean it might be just a, a song worm that got in there but a lot of times you'll suddenly stop and go what am i singing huh and you realize the song you're singing is actually how you're feeling you didn't even notice it yeah That's i want kind of... to go uh to Omaha on a train yeah yes uh so do you re- do you remember any like specific moment or like is it for you is it work stress is it relationship stress that gets to that point where oh a gosh. song should explode um i remember a first kiss that I remember knocked my knees out so hard from underneath me. I turned around, I literally saw stars. And in that moment, I, I felt this like well of emotions. This is, you know, a long time ago. Yeah. But I started laughing. I just started laughing <laughs> on the way to my car and then crying <laughs> because that's all I could do because there was so much emotion like coming out of me that it, it felt like just a complete brain explosion. And I was like, that would have been a perfect place to be like, I love him and just start singing. <laughs> my lo- knees are gone beneath me, whatever. <laughs> I love that is like almost an emotional reset. Yeah. Like does not compute, must exactly. cry, must laugh, must sing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> must dance, must oh. do all the things. And you feel it. You feel when you're singing those songs or when you hear those songs because you actually feel tingles in your body and you feel kind of cold and warm at the same time. That's yeah. that song that touches you. Yeah. I love that. Well, it's cool to see that you you have such a great understanding of the, like, the structure and the power and the connection of musicals from teaching it as like so. an improv thing. Have you Do you have life lessons like the way that you look at life has been shaped by musicals. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. I think so. Um, I think, yeah, I think there's always that, um, 
I think the feeling of ordinary world, like when you stop and look around and go, this is the ordinary world that I'm in right now, but I don't like it. And I feel like I'm different from everybody else. Everyone else seems to be okay with their position right here, but I feel different than this group. I need to get out of here. Yeah. And I think everyone who lives in LA can relate to that <laughs> <laughs> because everyone else is like, yeah, I looked around in your hometown and went, hmm, I'm not like these people. I need to get out. Or people in their office feel that feeling. And I think that's drive and passion, which is exciting. And I think that's what we can follow from musicals. And then you say what you want out loud to yourself or to the world. And then you go for it. And you either make it or you don't. You meet people along the way that take you on your journey. Yeah. You, you finally meet up against that one bad guy who tries to take it all away. And if you succeed in life, great. It's the happy musical. And if you don't, then you're in the tragedy. <laughs> what are tragic musicals? I mean, I... I Les Mis is Les Mis, a one. right? Rent uh, is pretty it, darn sad. Is Chicago, I, haven't, I don't think I've seen Chicago. Chicago's sad. Chicago's sad. Yeah. Any musical that ends with the person being dead or imprisoned is pretty sad. <laughs> or just the person not getting what they wanted in life, which is, yeah. you know, just easy to, you know, just be like, well, that's sad. And I learned a lot. And that's the cool thing about modern day musicals is they really brought a lot more of that in there. But even Oklahoma, which is the... Uh, parody of silly romantic musicals yeah. has a horrible death scene in the middle and then they <laughs> sing about poor Judd is dead but he like literally a guy gets stabbed in a lover's you know defensive quarrel yeah. and um and then they just sing about it <laughs> it's really sad <laughs> so the lesson there is just no matter what happens if you sing about it it'll mm-hmm. be a little better yeah maybe big, big river has a couple of those tragic moments and sad moments and yeah 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 so um so you you have a connection and fondness with the classic musicals mm-hmm. Do you think, talking about La La Land, do you think the classic musical can come back? Or is it always going to be a weird experiment? Like, I like La La Land, but I enjoyed it as a weird experiment. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it as the same way I enjoy Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, too, is it's bringing musical theater back to a generation oh, yeah. of people who might not know about it or appreciate it or even understand that they could like it. Um so I enjoyed it. I also enjoyed it for the escapism of it. I, yeah. I, the reason I loved it is the same reason other people probably like the movie Love Actually, and I hated it, um, is that where you are in your life, that moment you saw it and the experience that you had when you saw it changes the whole perspective. Yeah. I saw it with my best friend, one of my best friends who loves musical theater. She's very romantic also. She's a singer-dancer type. And we saw it in a movie theater packed with people. It was beautiful on the big screen. People were gasping in excitement around us. They loved it so much. And it was just, and, and the where I am in my life, it's, it was, you know, it's been a rough couple of months for yes. us in LA. And it, it was like escapism. It was just a beautiful love story to a city that I love so much, Hollywood. It, it made it look shiny and, you know, colorful and beautiful. And I love any story and musical that, um, touches on the, if you would have taken this path and not this path. Yeah. That thing makes my heart explode because of Weak in the Knees guy. And um, yeah, I just... I, oh, because it makes you think if you had ended up with Weak in the Knees guy? Yeah, or just that, that like when you're young and you're you're in that, because she's very young. And that's another thing too, is all my 30 and 40 year old old fart friends are like, yeah, you hated it. It wasn't Moonlight. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't Moonlight at all. It was not even kind of in the same category as Moonlight. Don't look at it that way. It's when you're 26 years old and you've been in LA for six years and you failed, you go like, that's it. That's almost a quarter yeah. of my life that's wasted. And you, you feel so, and I remember feeling that at that young age. You're like, oh my God. And uh, so, yeah. So at that age in your life, when you when you feel like you're all washed up, that's really terrifying and sad and dramatic. And I think 20-somethings probably really felt great and related to that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you do a lot in the industry. Did mm-hmm. you feel like the uh, portrayal of the grind of the industry was at all emotionally accurate? Or did you feel like it was cutesy? Um, 
it was definitely cutesy as far as she was way more well off than I've ever been. I've never been that beautiful. I've never had this gorgeous <laughs> apartment with gorgeous girls and a Prius. Uh, I still have my 2003 Saturn and I'm on a TV show. <laughs> and I, I live in a really earthquake shifty apartment. Um, and I've never been that gorgeous. But uh, so, so you have given this some thought. Yeah, I've given some thought. She worked like, you know, at the Warner Brothers coffee shop. But uh, but I will say the feeling of just poor cast directors. I think they, they villainize cast directors because cast directors are amazing people who work so hard and they're they're so good at their job especially in LA and but, they're just by nature rejection machines that's yeah, what they have to they do have that's to their do job that. right but they're not cruel and out there to make you fail they are just hoping that you're the one yeah and they are hoping you're the one and so she wasn't fa- failing she just wasn't the one they were looking for and so but I think that feeling because they have to move so quickly can feel devastatingly personal and when especially when you work so hard you take two hours in traffic to get there and then you th- 30 seconds and they go thank you you're like oh god <laughs> what's and the you point feel it in your soul and you put you're cashing paychecks in your mind when you're reading those words off the script and then they're like thanks and you're like oh that was it oh god i have to go back to my dumb job <laughs> and then you just feel so sad so I, th- I think everyone can as an actor can relate to that for sure yeah. but um but yeah the the crazy fast track that she got to fame of course is not realistic at all this weird thing that she auditioned for it's like you can we're just gonna improvise it and write it around you to live in paris for seven months it's like okay all right but again it's a fantasy musical it's right. the same thing as love actually when a kid darts through post 9-11 security at the airport and isn't shot and killed <laughs> i'm just saying i'm sure there's that alternate ending that yeah. they shot i'm yeah. sure they did <laughs> it's a for fantasy sure. it's a deleted scene <laughs> oh, yeah. uh yeah i la la land was a weird experience i think just because because of its reflection of the real world. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like its stated goal is we're experimenting with bringing back, like, the old-time happy-go-lucky musical. Mm -hmm. And then I honestly think uh, if Hillary Clinton won, people wouldn't hate it as much. But I think (laughs) when a lot of people are feeling threatened, if you are a woman, if you are a person of color, if Mm -hmm. you aren't rich, that... Oh, two gorgeous white people are kind of having a hard time in a yeah. beautiful city. Fuck you. Yeah. My goal of being rich didn't quite work out. Yeah, so yeah. that's tough, difficult. And I know a lot of people that are in um, you know, musical theater in Pierce, uh, one thing was they uh, could have cast someone who was a, a triple threat for real. Like even yeah. Justin Timberlake, I think, would have been an amazing casting choice because he could have done all of those things, playing the piano, dancing and singing and acting amazingly. Uh, because, again, since I grew up as a dancer, even though I became morbidly obese for half my life and backed down again, I could still recognize you know, um, technique. And as being yeah. married to a dancer, you know what technique looks like. Even if you're not sure, you know what a weak arm looks yeah. like versus a armful of energy. So that kind of stuff drove me nuts. But again, I'm like, but... You know, Audrey Hepburn also Audrey Hepburn, am I thinking that right? Uh, wasn't a you know, yeah. wasn't a ballerina. She was an act, an actress that everybody loved who could sing and dance in her movies, and everyone loved it. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what they're going for. Of like, she can sing and dance. She's not. That's not her main thing. But um, so that I like that. And uh, but yeah, I think I think the also the purists were bothered by the fact that it wasn't it didn't follow the musical formula as as in why a person started singing. Okay. They weren't singing because they were so full of emotion. They were singing because it seemed like a cute time for a musical number that didn't right. really have anything to do with the feelings of the character. So it made you not relate to the feelings as much. But I loved. Um, I thought Emma Thompson, Emma Thompson, Emma's uh, Stone's uh, solo, uh, the the 
for the Dreamers to Dream big solo yeah. audition moment. That song is beautiful because she was emoting so hard remembering this time in her life that she felt these emotions. And I thought that was really cool. And whenever they sung live <laughs> in the room, I yeah. loved it because they used music theater voices. You could hear them live. So when the two of them are sitting at the piano doing their duet and when she sang that, they were doing it live in the room, which oh, I loved. Oh, really? All the other ones were canned because you could tell because people were singing really soft <laughs> yes. in kind of a not a way that you would even be able to hear them across the room. That drove me nuts. Yeah, so. yeah. There's a lot of that whole whisper talking and acting in general right yeah. now. So then to whisper saying does take away a little bit from the big okay. show stop stopping like yeah that's pretty far from ethel merman yeah if you're out there t- tap dancing on a mountain and you're kind of whispering in lines it's like <laughs> wait now it sounds like you're in my ear but you're really far away from me in the park i'm confused the hills are alive <laughs> with the sound of music i have to ask you about a specific musical because Please my don't. wife loves it okay it had long been a sort of sword of damocles hanging hanging over my head that i had to watch this musical oh. and i finally did uh, on her birthday oh god which is newsies oh yes do you like newsies well here's the deal i liked newsies a lot remember at the time thinking that's kind of a male annie and i know one of the one of the fathers of the children on the disney channel show i'm on was in newsies which is crazy um but i for some reason didn't it i i love the um you know seize the day song and i (laughs) I work around a live show in disney that has little newsies but it didn't relate to me it didn't click into me as hard as a female i guess okay that as annie did um but i did like it i loved all those kids because i also love the musical swing kids and that came out after that of course but i remember thinking it was kind of like swing kids and that um in that genre of like these are boys who are doing cool things and dancing and they're sexy while they're dancing and being cool but I love what it did for I love that it was kind of like Oliver that it brought cool boys to musical theater yeah but um, but it didn't it didn't change me as a person like Annie did but okay. I know for little boys it did L- so, my little boy my little boy now growing up uh, man improv musical theater friends they loved it Oh, really? Sure. Like a lot of the guys that I know that do improv musical theater love that musical because they're like that's my first experience as a 13 year old boy seeing guys sing and dance and it wasn't stupid okay but if you were presented with an option of like, hey, you, somebody wants to take you to go see Newsies live, would right. you be like, Ugh. or would you be like, yay? I would definitely go see it. I was just presented an option this Thursday to go see Matilda, but I have to work, so I'm super bummed. Which is like also an all kids musical that's not Annie, but um, but I would I I'd see any musical I possibly can. I love them. I would go anytime to see any musical. Okay. And then afterwards, I'd have a long, intensive dinner and talk about it like I did with Amelie. Saw Amelie's <laughs> musical. My boyfriend's like, I love that, right? And I was like, did we? Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to discuss this a little further yeah. before throwing love around. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking a lot because of La La Land about that idea of bringing musicals back. Not mm-hmm. just as like this, like Moulin Rouge had this big splash. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, of being like, oh, it's a musical. But it, it never seems to sort of restart to making it a solid genre. Genre. Right. Uh, so I was thinking about that. Do you think there ever could be, like the Marvel movies have done, like an interconnected universe of musicals? Would um, that work what? for you? Or do you think musicals must stand on their own? That would be really exciting. I don't know. I mean, so that so every genre, you mean that would like the characters would go on to the next sequel and just keep going? Yeah, like be Annie, but then she would go to the South Pacific or something. Universe. Well, I feel like they almost kind of did that back in the Duck Soup era and in the old timeies. Like, yeah. I feel like old timeies and the old timeies. <laughs> uh, they sort of did that where it wouldn't necessarily be the exact name of the character, but you knew that character went on to the next story. Yeah. You know, the, um, the uh, you know... Uh, Powell and, and you know, it would be kind of still play that same character type, but in a different musical every time. Right. They just have a different name for no reason. It's exactly. almost like they were just in Witness Relocation. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, it's the same guy again. It's the same guys on the same track. It's it's basically the Brendan Fraser track of knowing your type and then you just play that type. <laughs> and the second you don't play that type, your movie fails. So yeah, I think that they, I think you could do that, but I think it'd be really exciting. I, it would, it would be like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I guess. Would you? Yeah. Yeah, Crazy Ex, I love Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Would you go to see a movie, like a modern movie that was 
almost like an ironic mashup where it was like the characters of Singing in the Rain, but also the characters from Cats, but also the characters from Chicago and trying to see them all mashed up together. Yeah, I or, think I have seen that. I think they call it um, uh, um, Forbidden Broadway. They do okay. in New York. They do all sorts of shows that are mashups and basically a parodies at the end of the year for the musicals. Of okay. All of them coming together and playing together and, and just making fun of the. Uh, it's a great CD. Check it out. If you love any of the musicals that are on the CDs, uh, you'll see that they, they get together and just basically make fun of, like, they even made fun of um, the musical Once, which I loved. I love it. And I do a, a parody improvised musical of it called Twice. It's me and one guy <laughs> with our guitars. And we, we play that we're both from a random place. We have random jobs. and We fall in love, but we can't be together. And um, But there's, if you go on Forbidden Broadway, they have a really funny, you know, really funny parody of it where they're just making fun of it and mashing it together okay. with other musicals. Cool. So, yeah. Do you like Cats? Um, I liked memory i had i sang it because that was the audition song you had to sing if you're a female in the 80s but um <laughs> the actual musical itself i remember i didn't see it on broadway i didn't see the big broadway tour of it because we were poor white folk from florida poor white trash but um so we, i never i didn't go to new york till I was in my 20s but um i didn't like it as much as i liked phantom because it didn't really have a story it didn't yeah. really have the want song it was just kind of a collection of songs it could have been plugged into any show so i didn't feel the thing that people felt okay because you, you like the really human connection yeah. you don't like it if it gets sort of too clever or or just a medley of things that you don't really care about yeah because i feel like it's harder to walk away singing the songs i like when it has a story than characters to connect to okay yeah, yeah so you don't want that sort of sci-fi version where it's right. like because that cat seems like weird world building like yeah. cats almost seems like anime to me yeah it's and a, not just because it's cats but because it's like imagine there's this weird world of cats and here are these weird rules yeah. and we're going to tell you to them in pitter patter song. That's and exactly it's it's Starlight Express. It's the same thing that yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber's just going through some things. And he's like, what if in a different world trains could talk? And you're like, all right, all right, dude, let's do it. Let's do this. And now cats? Yeah. Now Sexy trains on skates. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is there any story that you have ever seen, like a movie or a play or something that you loved but thought this should be a musical? So oh, we were boy. talking about oh. like when you're talking about Annie and I was thinking of Star Wars and other things like Oh man. We were just talking about this the other day. My boyfriend and I literally were just discussing oh, like, really? this should be a musical. God, what was it? <laughs> I'll have to get back to you and you'll okay. have to like add an addendum at the end of this. But yeah, I think any of those strong Yeah. I, I think Star Wars would be a great musical. I mean, and I know there's been parodies of it. Yeah. But um I think anything that has a strong central character that goes on a journey could totally be a yeah. musical. Yeah. And then do you you, do you feel that way, like the reverse? Would you see like Oklahoma, not the musical, where it was just like the straight story? Oh, yeah. Uh, there was a really fun show that I did in the 90s. It was probably like 94 that was called La 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 Lauren, which was uh, we take <laughs> we take a genre and do it as a – or we take a, a musical you know show that we all know and do it as a straight genre and then take a musical – a straight genre and make it a musical. So it was just an improvised. It was an improvised show. Okay. So the first, we just basically swap halves. So we did, um, we did uh, Greece as Sam Shepard, <laughs> and then uh, we did uh, Apollo thirteen, the musical. <laughs> so it was really fun, just like just take the genres and flip, flip them. Yeah, really fun. So yeah, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. How do you go about convincing someone who doesn't like a musical? That they do, or do you feel like you? It has to hook you. You have to have your Annie moment. <laughs> I just tell them they're a young. person, they're dead inside, <laughs> and they can't be friends anymore. No, um, I think that um, I think that a lot of people, even if they don't think they like musicals, will find one that go like, oh, but that's one. You know, I know that um, my uh, my 
boyfriend's uh, sister-in-law loves Miss Saigon. Like when she hears it, she just bursts into tears because okay. she's a mom. And so that completely just resonates inside of her. So I think it's, they just haven't found the thing that makes sense to them yet. Just okay. like girls can watch some girls, not all girls. Oh my God, that sounded terrible. But some girlfriends might not get sci-fis or action movies with their boyfriends until they find the one they go, oh, that one I liked because they can relate to it. <laughs> um, but also if they don't get it, that's fine. That's just not the entertainment for them. If they don't like it, they go like, that's dumb. These boys are singing and dancing. Then great. <laughs> then they're going to watch a action movie. But then I can turn to him or her and go, you know, Rocky is basically a musical. There's there's a musical Rocky now, but it's like Rocky is a musical. It's the exact oh, same yeah. story. It's the exact same hero's journey, but he just happened to be punching stuff. And there's a mon- musical montage instead of yeah. singing. But now they actually have Rocky musicals. Too. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Does he have a song when he's punching the meat in the room? Um, I'm sure he does. All I know is that my friend had to audition for it and just was punching for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> just punching in place and jogging in place. <laughs> so, so th- yeah, that makes sense. You have to find one that, that speaks to you in some way. So mm-hmm. if you're like, I'm totally into world building and cats, yeah. then cats is the musical for you. But, but do you feel like there is like a central one that's like the gateway musical? Like if aliens came down and like, oh, we, we understand you have the musicals. Right. I feel like probably a lot of people liked Wizard of Oz and would get that and okay. understand it and go like, well, Wizard of Oz, that's not really a musical. That's just a children. Like they probably saw it as a kid and loved it and didn't realize that it was also a musical. Yeah. Or even Sound of Music. I think a lot of people love Sound of Music until it gets too Nazi-ish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then it gets boring. <laughs> Most kids only ever watch the first act. They just fall asleep. On top of everything Nazis. else, Nazis are boring. <laughs> they really are. They're so drab. There's very little music once the Nazis get there. Um but um, I think that the cool thing about musical theater versus uh, any other genre of entertainment is you could take, you know, you know, a guy who's like, oh, I don't like musicals, but I bet he knows one of the songs. I bet right. every person in the world knows once if you sang a song, if you sang Tomorrow or if you sang Summer of the Rainbow or uh, Memory or any of those songs, so they're going to know. They're going to know at least the chorus of a song. You're like, yeah. oh, I know what that song is. And you go, ha ha, you know musical theater. <laughs> but if you were to quote, you know, a random, you know, action movie or whatever not everyone's gonna know that but yeah, yeah but that's a fun game to just play to yeah. walk up to people yeah i think it's like shakespeare shakespeare infiltrates our brains we don't even know that we're using those phrases all the time yeah it's, it's in our common verbiage now yeah i think musicals are the same way oh, that's awesome. sing a song go like oh i didn't even know i knew a musical oh. <laughs> so obviously you think about musicals a lot you do the improv you know the structure well if there was a musical based on your life what kind of musical would it be oh boy what would it be like oh god oh god that's a hard one um i think it would be um Oh God! It'd probably be more like an "It's a Wonderful Life" kind of thing because it's going to be long at this point. But uh, <laughs> but I I think it is going to be one of those which everyone can relate to of the um, the someone who doesn't quite make it over and over again, finally making it kind of feeling yeah. of that person who's you know so close, so close, and then just gets heartbroken time and time and time again. Who has all the all the skills but just quite can't make that next click in love, in work, and whatever. There's always that you know that person who works so hard and gets so close, then fails, and then one day succeeds. Would be my goal for this musical. <laughs> if I end up getting hit by a train, we'll know it's a tragedy, and that's fine. But uh, I think that's what it would be, that that form that formula of musical. Yeah. What would your want song be, then? Just uh, to be at peace? To- well, oh, it's weird. So here's my weird thing about why I'm even an entertainer. This might be a little bit off topic. Oh, that's but, fine. Um, when I was a little kid growing up and things were tough in my family, because, you know, I'm the youngest in a family. That was We had our normal family dysfunction, and some of it got pretty bad sometimes. And six siblings, you said. Yeah, well, I have five siblings and mom and dad. So okay. seven in the house total. Um, at, at one point. And um, I would, uh, I had a little tiny black and white TV that I scavenged from my siblings and I'd watch it upstairs and try to get a little bit of service. And I'd watch Lucy or I'd watch, um, you know, um, Carol Burnett or any of the 80s sitcoms that were on. And for that 30 minutes, I would have complete escape. I would yeah. laugh. I would feel like I was, you know, transported to that world. And I feel like I had these little friends in the box that were there with me. I wasn't alone. I wasn't scared. I was forgetting my problems for this little amount of time. And I remember thinking, even as a kid, 
watching Lucy and making me laugh that, wow, you know, she's a thousand miles away and much older now, but this moment in time has completely changed my life for 30 minutes. I'm laughing. I'm forgetting my worries. I feel safe and happy. And I think that that is the greatest gift to give to the world because, yeah, I'd love to be able to give everybody money and, and safety and food and medicine. But really, the only thing I know how to do within my power is to make everyone laugh and forget their worries and yeah. to connect with other humans. And the idea that I could be on a TV show or a movie and make someone in Omaha dying of cancer laugh for 30 minutes yeah. that I don't ever know and I never get to see them. I never get to be thanked by them. I just They just are happy because of me for a little bit. That to me is like being Mother Teresa. I think that's the greatest gift I can leave the world. And that's what I want to give the world. I want to be able to make people laugh and feel like they have a friend out there and just feel happy in life yeah. before because life can be so hard. And I think that's that's why enter- entertainment and the movies survived the Great Depression. We're the only industry that thrived in the Great Depression was yeah. movies and musicals and vaudeville because people need to laugh and feel good and connected to each other. Yeah, you just need a pie in the face. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and musicals thrive during that time because they just made people forget their worries and literally sing a happy tune, which is amazing. Hey guys, it's Sarah Meyer, co-producer of Obsessed, and I am currently driving down the street talking into the mic while in my car getting some odd looks from people who can see me um and pretty soon i'm going to pull over and stop some people on the street and ask them how they feel about musicals what's your favorite musical rent how about you what's your favorite musical mama mia is pretty good the music man um rent i mean i guess i can only say annie because i think it might be one of the only movies that i owned so i watched it over and over again can you sing a song from it Nope. <laughs> a musical? Yeah. Uh, the Nutcracker. Does that count as a musical? There's no singing. No, I know. It's just bad. That's why I consider it a fucking musical. I just like the name Nutcracker. That's all. Guys and Dolls. I was just whistling it. Can you do it again for me? No. <laughs> if you were going to write a musical, what would it be about? About my dog. About your dog? Yeah, about all my dogs. Maybe it would be... Uh, you know, I've never seen a musical from the perspective of a dog, so maybe that. That's what the last guy said. Maybe it's because I really want to see The Secret Life of Pets, but I won't because I saw the, the video of the animal being abused. <laughs> it would be about my dog. Literally everyone I've stopped has said that. Uh-huh. The so, Adventures of Bocce. Lots of, lots of dog lovers yeah. today. What's your dog's name? Bocce. Bocce, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> he, he bit the mic. If you could write a musical about anything, what would you write about? Going to space. What would it be called? My head's going into space. <laughs> you were going to burst into song right now. What would you sing about? <laughs> what? Your mom is giving you a hint. What'd she say? I don't know, actually. I think she said your boyfriend. I don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but it would be short like Guys and Dolls. Yeah, because the seats are so small. Yeah, in Broadway, the seats are so short. What's the longest musical you've ever been to? Oh, God. Uh, Angels in America. Way too long, but good, but way too long. Two parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't get an aisle seat, you're dead. That's great. Okay. okay. I got a horse right here. His name is Paul Revere. And I don't know the rest. I just go, da 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 Can do. Can do. All right. Oh, oh, the Wells Fargo wagon is a coming down the street. Oh, please let it be for me. <laughs> We're going to move on to our how obsessed are you questions. So okay. Okay. These are oh, questions boy. I ask, I ask these questions or variations of them of everyone. Uh, okay. Some of them are kind of weird. <laughs> do you it. think about musicals every day? Um, I probably do because I sing every day. Okay. Yeah. So like, I sing every day for sure. So you 
on any of your current jobs, because you're, you're on a couple Disney shows, right? Mm-hmm, yes. Do you sing for any of those? Um, I don't think I've actually had to. Uh, I, I did a little dancing once. I did a little uh, Swan Lake once for Imagination Movers. <laughs> um, I think I have sung, ironically, but not, I didn't do a musical version of any of my Disney okay. shows. Yeah, and any of your current improv shows, are they... I know you yes. said you're teaching the musicals. I sing in in most of my improv, current improv okay. shows, yes. <laughs> How many improv shows are you doing right now, just as a side question? Okay. Well, I do it every day for Universal Studios or Disney okay. um, theme parks. And then um, I do at least one or two a week, for sure, at the minimum, yeah. probably one or two a week. Um, but at the maximum, I do about five a week. Probably. Okay, cool. So even if you weren't singing for any of those jobs... Would you sing in the shower? Or would you sing in your car? I sing in my car a lot, and I just sing around the house, even okay. if just a couple lines here and there, for sure. Do and you... I'm annoying. I'll just I'll, I'll narrate my stuff. Too. I'll be like putting on butter, got a butter my toast. Like I can't help it. That's how I. That's how I express myself. Oh, that's great. That's exactly what I was going to ask because that's what I pictured as you were narrating. Just narrating. This window won't open. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it keeps you from crying. <laughs> I understand. I have made up some bitter little songs that I have sang to myself over the years. I, remember I invented one. Invented. I invented a, a cruel little one in college because it was one of the first times. I think it was actually a course on working in a group. I love it. In, to teach you to work in a group. Oh. And it was just like a comical disaster because no one was good at it. Oh. The professor was teaching alone and we'd be like, why don't you have to work in a group? Uh, but it was one of those classic things of like one person in our group was like absolutely adamant that they were right. I love it. They were wrong in the prof- like in terms of just playing the professor. Mm-hmm. And the professor gave us a bad grade <gasps> and it tanked everybody's GPAs. Oh, my God. And I was so pissed. But I, I was at least uh, happy that I had been right. So I made up a little song about being right. <laughs> That's so great. Is it a quick little song that you can sing uh-huh. right now? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not a good singer. but That's it was- fine. I was right and you were wrong. Ha, 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 ha. I was right and you were wrong. Oh, you look so foolish. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I'm not particularly that, proud of it. And like a good musical, you could plug that out and put it anywhere and it still applies. Um, <laughs> it's a want song. Yeah. And that what you just said was amazing. A lot of people say, I'm not a good singer. I'm not a bad singer. That drives me nuts because I feel like if you can talk, you can sing. Yeah. And I was told a few times in my life, I'm sorry, you're not a singer. And I feel like that's ridiculous because think of Macy Gray. Macy Gray made her whole career out of not being a great singer. Yeah. Like, I tried to say goodbye and I choke. I tried to wake away and that's dumb. And you know she wasn't on the high school chorus. She probably didn't make it, but she made a whole career. Or Louis Armstrong. It's like, that's not even words, but it's so emotional and it's what they're feeling. And so I feel like if you can sing and if you can talk, you can sing. You just elongate your words and you are a singer. Yeah. My problem is being tone deaf. That's all right. Which is hard. Well, you know what? I have tried. I really, I, I love Frank Sinatra. I love mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra. He, he was my hook into liking musicals, right. you know, of the 40s, 50s, 60s. Um, and I have, being an actor and a comedian, gotten cast because people really want those skills right. in musicals. I have been in four musicals. And I've told them at the top, you can't sing. And they're like, we'll work with you. Yeah. And then somewhere down the line, they they're go, like, oh. 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 He meant he cannot sing. Well, that's when you go to Patter songs or you go to Hamilton that you rap, you rap sing oh, it. Oh, man. I never had the rap option. I would have loved the rap option. Oh, my God. One was a children's musical and they just decided, we don't care. Oh, they don't care. The children don't You know. were a boy. They it's loved fine. you in the musical. <laughs> sure. I got to fall down. It was fine. Uh, would you break up with someone who hated musicals? No, because I'm almost positive I've dated people who hated musicals. Uh, I've just dated people... That were worse for so many other reasons than that. So, and I have very low standards. I'm like, you're fine. You're a male. You're breathing. You're fine. Uh, so no, I don't think I would because I feel like you're allowed to love and hate things and and 
again, another reason La La Land was weird. Like he didn't have to convince her that jazz was cool. She could be like, I just don't like it. That's fine. <laughs> I think art forms are okay because people connect to different art. And that's totally fine. Yeah. Because I, I liked guys who liked sports and I didn't necessarily understand it, but I liked that they liked it. Right. So. But it's it's so cool that your understanding and your liking of musicals, as soon as we started talking about it, you went to like the deep thematic <laughs> points so yeah. like yeah if somebody just like football you're like oh that's your want song yeah exactly. you want those people to win at the football well what i love about it when you ask someone why they love football they'll often say because i feel like i'm a part of something big which is the same reason i think religion exists in small towns because yeah. i'm a part of a community of people who all like me automatically because i'm wearing the same jersey i also they always go they're an underdog team i'm like oh so you like musicals because you love the underdog <laughs> who comes to win. Uh, they also love um, teams when it's their hometown and they feel like they they belong to it. Like especially that's why the Green Bay Packers have such a, a faithful following is because they literally own stock in them. They they own them. They're yeah. part. They're part of their family. And that feeling of like small town making big and beating the big guy is like that's every musical. Yeah. You're describing every musical. <laughs> yeah, the Chicago Cubs should have sang tomorrow after they finally won. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the sun came out tomorrow. Uh, would you have a musicals themed birthday party? Oh my gosh, I totally would, and I can't believe I haven't yet. That's amazing. <laughs> I we've had I've had musical themed parties before. Where people come in and bring a song and just sing it. But oh, having wow. a musical themed birthday party is a great idea. You might be invited to my next one. Oh, I will October. happily come, and you'll see how tone deaf I am. <laughs> That's such a great idea, though. Would you steal a ticket if it was your only way to see your favorite musical? Totally. I know. <laughs> I'd shiv a guy in the back. No, um, I don't know if I'd steal a ticket, but I would definitely, you know, wait at the last minute and see if there was last minute deals. I don't care if I'm sitting behind a pillar. I've done that before where it's like, okay, I'm just going to rush it and get there and see if there's any seats available or I'll, you know, even scalp it or whatever if there's something I love and I really want to see it. But I probably wouldn't steal it from someone who deserves to see it. Okay. I feel like that it doesn't, isn't um, honorary to the art form and karmically it would like, you know, the building would collapse or something. What if they, it was clearly a, like a, a comically, karmically bad person? Really what, bad. What if you like you wanted to take it to see this amazing musical? <laughs> oh, boy. And then you saw them just do something shitty. They just. Boy, that's a really that's just a moral. That's just a moral question. Like, am I a thief? Um, I do believe in justice. <laughs> so perhaps, perhaps if this person like slapped a baby across the face <laughs> with the ticket, I might take the ticket. But like, you don't deserve this. I'm going to change the question and ask it again. <laughs> Would you steal something from a baby slapper? Yes, definitely. <laughs> if you were creating a time capsule and you could only put one thing in there, would it be a musical or would it be some other form of entertainment? Oh my God! Well, didn't we put what was the song we put on the record? We we put a song on the uh, gold record that's still flying out in our, oh, our yeah. universe right now. Um, but that song just escapes me. And I just heard it the other day. Um, boy, it would it be musical? I mean, I think. Gosh, if we could, that would be really great to try to put a music like 1776 or some ridiculous <laughs> like we're Americans, we're people. I don't know. Um, ah, but just for your own like the personal... Music Man or something could probably could probably show like what humans humans are <laughs> to, okay. to alien life. <laughs> Uh, I don't know the full plot of Music Man. Doesn't somebody come to town and he's all shifty? An alien, basically. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. He's basically a snake oil salesman. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it'd be a musical. I think like there's probably so many uh, more important things but a time capsule. But yeah, there's got to be a good one to put in there that would you know show the rise and fall of man and, and heart and humanity. Maybe yeah. Got to write that, the time capsule musical. <laughs> but for your own just personal, what you think is important, would it be I Love Lucy or would it be a musical? Um, I think, well, that's a really good question. I think a musical or just even showing music would, would probably be my first choice over okay. play because, uh, music is also universal. Every country you go to in the world has music of yeah. some kind. And I think it's the only way to convey emotion to people who don't understand it. Yeah. And, um, and I think that 
if you are foreign and you don't understand a lick of English or whatever country the, uh, leaves this time capsule, you would still understand the feelings by the sounds. I right. Think. Okay, cool. Cool. If you understood emotion. If you heard someone say an incorrect fact about your favorite musical, would you correct them? Uh, I probably would in a lighthearted, rompy way, the same way, same way anybody would in a, if someone goes like, well, Luke Skywalker was Jewish. You go, well, first of all, I don't know if that was ever uh, you know, proclaimed, but not a factual or not a part of the plot. Uh, so yeah, if somebody said something horribly inaccurate, I'd probably joyfully be like, well, actually, but not in a, not in a way that makes them feel bad. Uh, yeah, I am not a fan of the whole, well, actually thing. Yeah. It comes up a lot in the geek community, but I was, you said it in such a bright, sing-songy way. It didn't bother me at all. Well, that's a hard thing because I don't like being corrected. And I, uh, I one time dated a guy that my family after we broke up was like, he always corrected you. I was like, oh, he did? I didn't even realize it. Oh, no. Um, but so, I, yeah, I don't like being corrected or made to feel stupid at all. But I think I'd be excited to, to you know, together be like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever known this, but there's, there's a really cool factoid here, actually, that we can learn together. Yay! <laughs> um, if I can do it in that way, that makes them not go like, well, I'm you. So, because you don't want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. I would love, though, to hear an actual Well Actually song. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> performed by somebody as talented as yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it is really like, well, what you said is really, really incorrect, and it's really troublesome, so. Well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> That's great. Uh, when someone comes to your home, can they immediately tell that you really like musicals? Uh, they will know that I like music. I have a ton of musical instruments all over the house that don't really get played enough. Uh, but I... Uh, they used to be able to. I used to have a bunch of musical posters and such, but over time they've kind of just been replaced by just general art because I live with a man now who just has his artwork in our house. Um, you could definitely tell that I liked, at one point I liked Disney and that I liked musicals, but now it looks like I just like robots and art because I have a ton <laughs> of robots. Um, but you would, you would definitely know it's a musical home and it's a home full of whimsy. I look like I live in a rainbow. It's just tons of colors. People come over, they're like, oh, you have kids? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why robots? Uh your partner or, or? Uh, no me I love I love robots and I started kind of getting into collecting just old old tin wind up toys oh, cool. um, in, when I was a teenager and then slowly over time people slowly started giving me tin toys that slowly became just robot specific but I also love sci-fi's 1950s sci-fi especially so that kind of became my other thing and I, I love robots in general like I'm so excited about robots taking over <laughs> and I keep joking <laughs> with my boyfriend he's like you really want this whole robot takeover I'm like yes I'm gonna let them know that I'm one of their friends right on the bat I, like I'm, I'm excited for it to be like I'm one of yours supporters uh, robot overlords uh, but I'm excited because I think robots will keep us safe and help our lives so much yeah. more in the future and uh, but I'm not afraid of them becoming sentient and killing us <laughs> yeah so when you're talking about robots and, and you said apocalypse is one of your possible mm. obsessions we could have talked about uh you so you don't see robots as an apocalypse you see them as helpful i see them as helpful yeah do you mean like 1950s like big <laughs> clunky beep boop bop no, I wish. i'm here to help you <laughs> no i or, mean more like self-driving cars that'll okay. avoid the people killing themselves every day <laughs> do you want self-driving cars to have personalities like i think that's one of the big questions of oh. sci-fi this is just an utter side topic because you said <laughs> the can. magic words of sci-fi oh god uh would you want the car to be like to know about you and to like know about your day when you get in the car say like how did the audition go or do you <laughs> want it to just shut up and drive i think it gets an all to the ai discussion in general of like do you want your siri to be like lauren and be mad at you like you don't want it to be like griping at you and making choices for you yeah um but um i think it would be cool if it, it learned it learned the basics just like your phone does like okay. it knows where you work it knows where your home is it knows it knows the basic things that can help you it knows your temperatures you like the stuff that you 
you can control and program, yeah. but it shouldn't start thinking more than you. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it should be like, no, you've had enough. You're going home. You're not going to that boy's house. Wait, what? Wait, why the whole the door's open? You've had enough, Lauren. Releasing gas now. It's, I'm so tired. You don't need a drink. Just sing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should get that car, actually. <laughs> I would like that car. Yeah. I would like the self-driving therapy car for yeah. sure. That would help me very much. Um, if the entrance to your favorite musical was blocked by a bear, would you try to get around the bear? <laughs> That's so great. Um, I would definitely try to startle the bear away from the entrance because I'd be super afraid of it getting into the show and disrupting the whole production and, and mauling the actors. All right. So that's so definitely a scare performer's the, perspective. Yeah, I'd scare the bear away with tapping shoes and lots of noise and singing because I think the bear has probably just wandered out of the woods and is lost and does not mean to block the entrance. Yeah, the bear just wants to see a musical. But it's very topical of you to ask because I feel like our current education <laughs> department would say, I should have a shotgun for said bear. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be released in a couple of weeks, but as we're recording, uh, if anybody didn't hear, the Secretary of Education nominee yep. said that kids should have, well, there should there be should guns be in gun schools, school. in certain schools where grizzlies are. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I think she said potential grizzlies, mm-hmm. which yes. was just like, okay. <laughs> which is the new musical, for sure. That's for sure a musical, right? Or a, a really sensitive indie film. Yeah. If you didn't like La La Land, you're going to love potential, potential grizzlies. grizzlies. Or at any point in your life, a potential grizzly could come in and destroy you. <laughs> that is such insanity. But I like that, adi- I like that attitude toward the bear of like, yeah. Just want some entertainment. So I'll just give him a little bit over here. Yeah. Lead him away. Because he probably heard the music and just came down and was curious. Like, oh, what is that? Is that a beehive? What is that? I hear some humming and singing. (laughs) And then, oh, no, it's a giant musical. Now I'm trapped. I'm I'm afraid I'm by this door. I'd I'd be more worried about the bear safety. Yeah. You you, you tap dance him over to the baby Mm -hmm. slapping guy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Bear could maul him. Have his way. (laughs) All right. This is the last how obsessed are you question. It's weird. Okay. If you couldn't watch musicals without you or someone you love first being punched in the crotch, would you still watch musicals? (laughs) Oh my god! I thought me. I love that you say me because you you realize that a girl getting punched in the crotch also hurts. Because yeah. a lot of people go like, "Well, you're a girl." It's like, no, it still hurts. Every girl remembers falling off the bike at least once. Um, I boy, that's really tough because I, I think I wouldn't because the whole idea behind musicals is to escape your worries and feel good. So if you had to get punched in the crotch and feel ultimate pain, it would take away the joy of the musical. So I guess I'd have to say no, and I just have to remember the musicals I've seen and hope for a better future where there's no crotch punching. <laughs> that could absolutely be a song, right? Yes. <laughs> sort of a urine town musical where you're singing exactly. your way out of the dystopia. Yeah, you'd have trouble with urine town after you've been punched in the crotch a few times. So yeah, it's so called look Catheter for- Town. <laughs> <laughs> Look for that musical coming soon, Catheter Town. I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. Is there one specific? Obviously, with musicals, there's a lot of noises you wow. can make. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to say, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. It's not a noise. It's a word, but you know. Uh, but a very noisy word, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's a beautiful song. It has so much power. Uh, I have been rating people's obsessions. Mm-hmm. It's on a scale of one to seven. Wow. Uh, let's one see. To I'll, seven. I'll say I'll say one to seven wants. Because I love how you <laughs> called it a want song. Yes. Uh, one to seven wants. Uh, I think you are about like four point five mm-hmm. obsessed with musicals. I would say that's true because I think there are people, especially my musical theater friends, who sleep, eat, and breathe musicals, and that's yeah. their whole life goal. So since I my passion is not Broadway. I think for sure 4.5 is a solid obsession. Yeah, because you're interested in them as a part of the larger package of entertainment. Yes. And I I love that you know, like, the themes and the roots, but you're not all about, like, the exact details of I can rattle off the keys of Music Man or that kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. 
So, and I'm aware of my limitations. <laughs> what what limitations? Oh, just as far as like that I can't play every role out there and that, you know, that there are people who are made to be on Broadway. Okay. And perhaps one day will be, but perhaps not. And that'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe that you will star <laughs> <in> Catheter Town. <laughs> uh, do you uh, have anything you want to plug where people can find you on social media, all that kind of stuff? Sure. You can always find me at Lauren P. Comedy uh, at uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. And I perform at Comedy Sports, uh, Improv Olympic, and UCB. And also a great musical, if you haven't seen it, to check out on YouTube that was uh, combines my two favorites that I was in, was uh, Fellowship, the Lord of the Rings musical that awesome. uh, a lot of our common friends, yeah. including Brian Bradley, Matt Young, all those guys, uh, Ryan Smith, were all in. And it's a really fun combination. Uh, just get the soundtrack online. It combines... Uh, uh, the wonderful world of Lord of the Rings with musical, and it follows the hero's journey perfectly. It's a beautiful musical. Yeah, and is it all you guys on the album? Uh, no, the album I pl- I played the uh, understudy for Pippin, and I went on to go on for Pippin for the third run of the musical. But uh, the original recording is Kelly Holden Bashar. Okay, uh, yeah, cool, yeah. cool. Here's some quick plugs for the show, and then we'll do our final questions. Excellent. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter as at Obsessed Podcast. For info on all my upcoming shows, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. In particular, we're doing a live episode of this very podcast in Los Angeles on Friday, February 10th. It's going to be all about Rogue One with special guests Mike Drucker, Riley Silverman, Matt Belknap, and Clark Wolf. The tickets are on my website right now. There are two ways to support Obsessed. You can back us on Patreon and get exclusive bonus episodes every month for full info on that. Go to patreon.com slash Joseph Scrimshaw, or you can give money to all the podcasts on the Feral Audio Network by shopping through our portal. Just go to feralaudio.com, click the shop on Amazon button, and some of the money will go to Feral Audio. If you were going to go to Amazon right now through our portal, what what would you buy on Amazon? Feral Audio. I'd buy whatever supports you, Joseph. Oh, God. I love it. Uh, I, I, I've just been downloading all sorts of stuff on Amazon right now, all the new shows that are out. So oh, okay. So you, you buy sh- television? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you watch normal television or do you just oh, buy yeah. it? I, I'm obsessed with it, so I watch it. That's <laughs> my life goal. But uh, yeah, no, I watch it all. Whatever show people are talking about, I always want to see at least once so I know what people are talking about. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you keep your, your finger on the pulse. Yeah. Regardless also, of whether you think you'll like it? Uh, I always want to see it, and even if even if I know I'm not going to like it, just to see what it is, just okay. also to make that decision for myself, but also in case I get an audition for it. I like oh, to be yeah. aware of it. Smart. And Smart. also as an improviser, you have to be kind of aware of all the genres out there in case you get it as a suggestion in a show. Right, so. right. Yeah, that's a fun challenge for a yeah. a somebody who's improvising all the time like you have to know everything yeah. culturally don't you yeah I've been I've been turning my uh, boyfriend on to Buffy speaking of which oh yeah he, he hadn't watched them I was like you haven't seen Buffy what and I showed him once more with feeling the Buffy musical which is amazing it, it, that was the first episode I ever saw oh, so I hadn't good. watched Buffy and then I heard so much build up and then oh. I watched the, the musical I was like I have to watch this and so then good I did again combining beautiful. sci-fi and musicals I love it <laughs> cool here are the final questions that don't have anything to do with your obsession but Great. they can if you want if there was ever a stamp of you what would you want your pose to be on the stamp <laughs> <laughs> oh god i think it'd be a, a clown face big open mouth like <laughs> like, like i can't believe i'm on a stand yeah like a cheesy headshot like oh my gosh like the the, the headshot i didn't have as a kid that i always wanted <laughs> <laughs> the headshot that would get you annie yeah exactly <laughs> nice or me just dress as annie just like <laughs> i would love that with no explanation not at all <laughs> if you could do improv with any comedian living or dead who would you want to do improv with? That's really great. I would love to have done it with Robin Williams. And I know a lot of my friends got to do it with Robin Williams, which would be really, really cool. Um, I think Tom Hanks would be just naturally amazing oh, at yeah. it. It'd be so funny. And um, I would just, I would like a like a, a, a mashup of Steve Martin, Tom Hanks, uh, Alec Baldwin, those guys all together. Just uh, so fun. I think it'd be so great. Okay, so just older 
uh, sometimes husky voice man. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I think, um, yeah, I think that'd be it for now. Yeah. Nice, nice. The final question for everyone on the podcast is what is happiness? Oh my gosh. Nice, easy question. Such an easy question. I think what is happiness is being alive and appreciating it. And um, I think um, doing what you do, that, I mean, loving what you do every day. Yeah. It's huge. So I think that is happiness. When you're when you're getting ready for your day, when you're putting around in your house or in your driverless car, mm-hmm. that whatever you're singing about is a is a happy thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I think as long as you're doing what you love every day, you're doing it. Yeah. Because a lot of people always go like, Well, once I get to this, once I lose the weight, once I make the money, once I make it, it's like, no, yeah. you have to be doing it every day. If you're doing yeah. it every day of your life, then you're fine. Because that's exactly why I keep working in the theme parks. people always ask me, like, why do you keep working in the theme parks, making people laugh when you are on mad TV? I was like, Because I love it. I love people making people laugh. Yeah. I that's that brings me joy every day. So that's awesome. Yay. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> that is our podcast. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. <clears throat> to help his show go on and last, listen to Joseph Scrimshaw's Obsessed Podcast.